0: Up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. Stolen
1: that deep, stealing away. He's going to take it to the house. Eighty-five yards
0: down the right side, going. Devin
1: Smith got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown!
0: The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes.
1: Oh, Brad oh. for the touchdown.
0: Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. This is the Buckeye Show.
2: Yes, it is. Six o'clock means Buckeye Talks. So good to be here with you on a nice little Tuesday. Timmy Hall, my producer back there. Who brought me Wendy's? That's the good thing about being in the building with your boys. Man, Triple H, I salute you. Spicy Nug Run, That's, I'm going to get you back. I'm going to pay you back 10 times over. Oh. Simple little gesture like that. 60 Nugs? With me, little gestures like that go a long way. long as I can afford it, you will be hooked up. There's some golf. There might be 18 holes of golf with a cart coming your way. I, I'm asking for someone to golf with yesterday. So yeah, for six dollars and fifty cents of food, <laughs> you might uh, you might get an incredible value out of that. And a guy who would definitely deliver me some nugs if he had time. Hosting with us tonight, Dave Biddle, everybody.
3: Play ball, Timmy Hall. Well, I feel like Triple H deserves uh, the standing O uh, from the crowd. He's That's taking really it too. Cool. It's the little. It's the little things like that in life. You're going out and you just. Get some extra spicy nugs for uh, for your buddy and your coworker. Uh, just uh, random acts of kindness. So I, I really like that. A lot of cool stuff on the agenda tonight, man. There is so much. If you're a Buckeye fan, I know you are. If you're listening to this show, there's a bunch of stuff we're gonna get into.
2: We got a good mixed bag too between Buckeye football topics and a lot of heavy stuff on the Buckeye basketball front. Heavy isn't good. We just we got a lot of. A lot of nuggets, for lack of a better word, from <laughs> Chris Holtman today. Nuggets. Yeah, we did. We we got some spicy basketball nuggets from the Holt man. So you're going to hear from him. Be sure you are staying tuned with us. And in the seven o'clock hour, dude who works with you, Biddle Steve Hellwagon, the wagon from hell. He is good. He is good talking about Buckeye hoops. He's good with football, and I really love his basketball takes. And what they're going to be looking for next on the trail as well. So look forward to catching up with Steve Hellwagon at seven nineteen. I wanted to start though. We can pretty much break down every single position group, and it's going to be great once uh, next week comes along. Camp practice opens up. We will start to get tangible things. You know, I would imagine some media is going to be let in to some of the practices periodically. We're going to get some photo and video opportunities and can see what's going on with some of the battles, much like they started to walk us into in spring, but we're still kind of coming out of COVID and the pandemic and things are opened up a little bit more. And I got to feel that too today for the first time. I know I'm about a month behind, but just schedule purposes, that was the first time I'd been on campus in one of the athletic venues since pre pandemic, just being in the Schottenstein Center and taking a look they they really do have one sweet basketball facility since they renovated the shot in the what is that the northwest corner of the building or whatever, with the championship trophies all on display, the letterings all backlit it 's just very fancy and it's it 's got a nice glow to it. It was fun being back up there today bids
3: i mean it 's one of those things like you know. Covering Big Ten Media Days in Indy this past week was like that for me. It was like my first time, like, really covering something in person again. Um, you know, there were like, there was the in-person press conference at Ohio State when they announced initially the name, image, and likeness when they announced that, they were gonna, that there was going to be Senate Bill 82 or Senate Bill 182, whatever it was. Um, so there was that, but going to Big Ten Media Days, that is when it felt like, man, everything, we know it's not, you know, 100% back to normal yet, but that's when it like really hit me, like, and it was so much fun you know it's always a fun event to cover but you had you know just different people from the media every team is represented by their head coach and three player reps and you're going around and it was just like wow really missed this last year so um, yeah we did enough zoom meetings I'm sure everybody listening to the show would say the same thing regardless of your profession you probably did well I guess not regardless but I'll just speak for me I did enough zoom meetings last year to last me for a lifetime so I'm good with going to in-person interviews we're gonna have kind of a hybrid model on the Ohio State beat this year it's gonna be mostly in-person but like when he does when Ryan Day for example does something like really quick like 10 minutes on Thursday sure. yeah. after he does his coaches show here on WBNS 97.1 the fan that uh, you know meet with us for like 10 minutes over Zoom. But when we, when we do our interviews on Tuesday and Wednesday, we'll go over to the WAC and do them in person. So I'm looking forward to that. Last year, not being able to do them in person, you just don't get as much meat. But there's really, you know, at least we were able to do the Zoom interviews last year. So we actually had content to do. But yeah, man, I'm looking forward to everything. I'm looking forward to packed horseshoes, seeing the tailgaters out there when I'm going to cover Ohio State games. I mean, just the atmosphere obviously is night and day um, compared to having Nobody there, other than parents, and I think even at the end of the season they took that away. So it's going to be, and actually having a full season will be fun too. too. That,
2: yeah, that I think is the most important part, and and what you said about media availabilities, that is a way where you're seeing a lot of companies exit the pandemic and trying to pick and choose what's best for everybody, right? You're hearing a lot about flex scheduling. Maybe you're one of those lucky ones out there that has the ability now to be around the office Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I mean, I think the best of both worlds is something that is kind of smart, right? Especially if you're like a sales team and part of your job is to be out there and about meeting with new clients, trying to bring new business. And you know, here with media availabilities, you can have so many of them in a week. Yeah, like you said, it's nice to go onto campus and see some people face-to-face, but if you're on your third or fourth one, maybe you can hop in for a quick Zoom, like that lightning round you're talking about. The lightning
3: round, which Jerry Emig does, you know, and his right-hand man, Mike Bassford, they do a great job with that. Yeah, the lightning round, as Jerry has, uh, has dubbed it. That's what it is. One question.
1: And that's unless, it. May, get out.
3: Maybe you're a boy Tim May. Maybe man. three you if might, you're man. Might, you, 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 right, you yeah. might get You might get you might <laughs> Three-parter. Get I, I, if I could just throw this right. one in there. Yeah, three, three questions, six parts each. So 18 questions.
2: <laughs> uh, let's, let's do 18 questions. No, not seriously, though. <laughs> I want to start off by talking about the secondary. And you mentioned position battles and position groups where you would maybe point the finger at and say expectations are going to be in a different spot this year. When you come off a 2020 and I've heard you say this before bids. It could be skewed a little bit. I think it is important to note that Sean Wade did not really have the kind of off season or work that you would normally require to make that switch, that smooth transition from a slot cornerback to being the real thing. That Island guy on the outside. It's a little bit different technique that you got to adjust with And then when you're going up against some of the wide receivers that he was going to see, we saw how it played out. It was a tough deal for him. But when you watch closer, if you take a look at some of the film that Seven Banks had out there, being the number two guy, especially when he jumped in after Cam Brown's injury— there's reason you can really understand why Seven Banks is on the Thorpe Award watch list, right? That would be cool. Keep your, keep your finger on that one. The Buckeyes have not had a guy win the Jim Thorpe since Malcolm Jenkins in 08. And it was 10 years earlier, one of the greatest guys that ever played defense here, Antoine Winfield. He took home that hardware. So. I don't know about you, Bids, but to every other, well, I, I think I do know about you because every Buckeye fan out there is clamoring for a big season from seven banks. I think he's the guy for the job that will provide that. Mainly, though, Cam Brown in that number two cornerback slot in the depth. How do you come back from a debilitating injury like the Achilles when you only got a couple games in the hopper last season?
3: yeah that's the big concern right there is the health of cam brown because that's not you know i mean acl would be a serious injury you'd much rather come off becoming off an acl than a you know ruptured achilles especially at that position well regardless of your position it's just a more serious injury you know we get to know these things being sports fans we're not acting like we're doctors but you become a diehard sports fan or you know cover sports for a living or both and you kind of just know get an acl that's bad injury out for about nine months you get ruptured achilles you could be out for a year and it's worse um so, and this was not one of those that was like partially ruptured. Like you know, I think Justin Hilliard had one of those. Maybe Master Teague, Tough it had Borland, so many had the Achilles, Tough as Borland, well. and there was some talk that you know one of those guys had had a partially. You well, know, tough, rupture so it tough, wasn't like the same thing as like a Kevin it. Durant yeah. yeah and all those guys came back from it fast so and Cameron Brown ba- the fact that he has been cleared or will be cleared is what Ryan Day said uh, for the start of camp that's huge that he's not going to have to be sitting to the side because um, they, they need uh, to practice football as Ryan Day said you know you can do all this stuff in the summer everything but they actually have to practice football but that is a concern to me there's just no doubt about it when you're coming off that injury because they need Cam Brown um, to perhaps be the second starter opposite uh, seven banks or at least be a guy that comes I mean, as that number three uh, corner, I really think Ryan Watts is going to have a good year for the Buckeyes as a registered freshman. I mean, he looked really good in the spring. Six foot three, Kerry Combs says he's the tallest corner that he's ever coached, and he's really filled out. He's up, you know, to 200 pounds. And back to seven banks. I'm going backward to forward here. Um, I, I thought I was high on him. You know, I was sitting there thinking, you know, all of these... Buckeye Corners, all of them literally struggle their first year as a starter, it seems like. I'm talking first round picks, Denzel Ward, Marshawn Lattimore, Gary Conley, on and on and on. Uh, we see guys struggle that first year. Even Jeff, Jeff Okuda wasn't a starter as a freshman. I thought he played pretty well as a true freshman, but um, even he struggled as a true freshman and then, you know, was really good his next two years. Um, you know, I think Seven Banks is going to be the next in line there, Timmy, where, you know, he struggled at times his first year. As you mentioned toward the end of last year, especially that Clemson game, he played great. I thought he was and really good football by the end of the year, like you said. Seven Banks is going to be that next guy, I think, that's going to take a big jump from year one to year two as a starter, especially that he's a senior. This will be his last year of college football, even though he could come back because last year didn't count. This will be his last year. So I thought I was like, the one that was like his biggest cheerleader, his biggest promoter. Then I see him on stuff like... You know the Thorpe Award watch list. That's not a big surprise, but the Bednarik came out today because I know I did a story on that for our site, Bucknuts. He's now he was a, a on the watch list for the Bednarik. I'm thinking, man, yeah, that's see, your big boy. People are like higher on Seven Banks than I am. I thought I, it was like me and like the Seven Banks oh, he's family. He's a projected We're the first round pick, them. Bids. So yeah, that's I mean, another I thing. Think
2: that's, when you yeah, break down what this I'm guy's skill set is when you but. It just takes one year. It's a projection, sure. It, it's a, it's more it in the prediction happen. game. Yeah. I can see it happening. You know, he's got such talent. He just needs to have the spot for a bit, right? We need a full football season. I think watching him grow over the first four games that's going to dictate what that you know last two thirds of the season is going to go like for him. And it's like you mentioned with Brown. You just need to wait and see until camp gets going to see what his health is. Experience is something that this team has a lot of, right? There might not be a lot of experience playing football, but these are guys that are in the system now and they know the coaches very well. They know what they want and they know how they want it to be run. And the other guy I would mention that would be more of a backup that I'm excited to see is Cam Martinez, another one of those redshirt freshmen. That's another guy that I'm pinpointing. And then your slot cornerbacks, you've got some experience there too with a guy like Marcus Williamson coming back who's played a lot of football. Lathan Ransom is another one of those young names you've been hearing about a lot. I love him. So there's a lot of guys. I think there's a plethora of bodies back there. And I say bodies. I don't mean like warm bodies. But there are a lot of individuals. And I think they could all develop into great players here at Ohio State.
3: No doubt, and and Ransom really came on as a true freshman last year. You know, a lot like you know we're saying, you know, Seven Banks came on. Obviously, um, Lathan Ransom's role was uh, a lot lesser, but he looked good, especially for a true freshman. He's going to be, like you said, that hybrid. You know, he can play some slot corner, he can play safety, um, but they're going to do mostly that single high safety with Proctor out there. Um, and I'll say one more thing about the corners. I think one of the true freshmen need to not all three of them will play you know, you're talking about denzel burke who's here in you know enrolled early in uh and, the January. Two guys and then coming. the other two yeah, that, are, yeah. that are the big timers that are and not the denzel burke you know life's good denzel burke is a big timer high four star but you know jacalyn johnson was almost a five star you know he was the number four corner in the country and then jordan hancock right behind him another very very high four star those guys enrolled in june i think one of those three timmy Need to be a guy that's not just a guy that they could play if they needed to. None of them are going to be starters unless, you know, the stuff hits the fan big time and, you know, and they need to be starting true freshmen. They're not going to be starting true freshmen just, you know, out of merit. But if there is one or a couple injuries, they might go in there. But my point is, they're going to need one of those two, true freshmen to step up and be on the two deep. I think it's going to be Jakealen Johnson or Jordan Hancock, even though they got here late. But they need one of those true freshmen to play meaningful snaps for the Buckeyes this year.
2: Something we didn't hit on yet yesterday but we got an update over the weekend on a guy who could be a secret weapon for this buckeye football defense that's next it's the buckeye show on the
0: fan we are everywhere on your radio online the fan app alexa and behind you in your car right now too creepy sorry the fan ohio sports destination tailgating is a state of mind you are listening to the buckeye show
2: yes you are i really hope you guys are having a great tuesday Week's basically over by now. That much closer to football. It's great. (laughs) Timmy Hall and Dave Biddle with you. I got to tell you, man, uh, here in the Holt Man today, it was fun. Recruiting for 2022 is in a good spot right now. They have the number one class in the nation. They are the only program, and it might not stay this way, once Kentucky and Kansas and Carolina and Duke and all those guys get, get things all said and done. But the only program in the country right now with three Top 50 recruits. They've got four guys with the center coming in, the highest-rated center, Felix Okpar, the highest-rated center for the Buckeyes since B.J. Mullins. So very good work from the Holt man and his staff. He was very, very, very pleased with the work that his staff's been doing on the court, but also on the trail, speaking very highly of Jake Diebler through these first few seasons. And he was just so happy to get Tony Skin, a guy that's got uh, playing experience at George Mason, was on that special team that went to the Final Four, was a very key contributor in their backcourt, a starter, and most recently an assistant coach at Seton Hall. That's a program that's been doing some really good things up until this this pandemic season here. But I want to get your take, Bids, and... I won uh, I was wondering what you could offer the audience on on the latest with the linebacker who this guy is a hit stick, man. And anytime you can throw somebody into the mix that is willing to lay the wood, you talk about not getting to tackle a whole lot in practice these days. Well, this is a throwback kind of guy that is not afraid to put his hat on something, and that's Paliye Naote Ote, the transfer linebacker from USC. Ryan Day gave us a little report over the weekend. What is the latest?
3: Yeah, it sounds like an academic issue. Ryan Day said this is not, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, the fact that he didn't put his name in the portal fast enough or, you know, put it in too early or whatever like that. It's, it sounds like, when I say academic issue, it doesn't sound like, you know, he was, you know, had anything to do with, bad grades at usc it sounds like reading between the lines if i talking to sources it's more of a certain transfers will they will they transfer from certain credits will they transfer from usc to ohio state anybody who transferred colleges midstream i know what about I'm talking that. about yeah right I well, you know you're where you right your your new university is going to be like well we'll take this but we won't take that but usually they'll, right. you know if something's right. close enough they'll that's do That's why it. I tried to transfer um,
2: early bids so they were all like low level collegiate courses better right. chance of transferring them over yeah <laughs>
3: that's right if you're taking some like five <laughs> one year
2: right or yeah i didn't go 3 years and then try to transfer somewhere else it's more so of an earlier that-
3: move that- so That's the deal but here's the here's the good news if you're a Buckeye fan, like Pele is like on the team, like he regardless if he's so right now he's paying his own way. That's the other big wow. part of this, and they're trying to figure out from the NCAA and through you know Ryan he couldn't basically he, he told us more than I thought he would, so credit to him for that um, he, he couldn't go into too many details because it's, it, it is a private situation. that's why I said reading between the lines, but you know the good news for the Buckeyes is he's with the team. He can do whatever he you know anything the team can do. Right now he's not on scholarship, but he's paying his own way, and they're hoping to get him on scholarship. But he's gonna open camp with the Buckeyes. He's full. He's full going. He's had the. My concern with him, obviously, is he's had the injuries at USC. Like you said, Timmy, he is a thumper. You want that middle linebacker to come in there and thump you? He's like a Ray Maualuga type, and that's what he is. <laughs> you love he that. Will come name, in don't there you and bids? thump you, but 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 he's got you know he's had a couple of knee injuries so how healthy is he but the good thing is he's now you know i'm not sure exactly how long removed i think more than a year removed from his latest injury so that's good maybe he is especially now with ohio state's training staff and mickey marati and everything they do over there and i don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to step in and be a butkus candidate i think he's going to be a guy that's going to i think they're going to rotate at linebacker a little bit like they did last year you're going to see you know You're going to see more than three guys, and sometimes they're just going to have. A lot of times they're just going to have two linebackers out there, plus Craig Young. It's kind of that hybrid. They call it the bullet. If you count him as a linebacker, he's really a hybrid. So sometimes only going to have two linebackers on the field, Um, but I think they're going to play four or five, and Pele is going to be in that mix. Um, You know, Dallas Gant's healthy. That's great news. I think you know Taraja Mitchell now is his time. Nothing. Kayvon Pope, another guy, fourth year guy. I like Cody Simon a lot, a second year guy. Um, so I think they're going to rotate there and big, big year for Al Washington. Losing the, you know, your top four linebackers. You got some talent there. You've got an you know, interesting mix of veteran talented linebacker. You've got, including Pele coming in a, as the transfer. You've got some young talent with guys like, you know, Cody Simon, Mitchell Melton, if he's healthy, Reed Carrico, the true freshman, Tommy Eichenberg. Um, but you know, it, they, they've got to step up there. I, I, you know, Ryan Day, Timmy, going back to the defensive backs for a second. At media days, to me, seemed like he was optimistic about the secondary. When he was talking about the linebackers, I didn't get that vibe at all. I got the vibe that he was concerned about the linebackers. Not gravely concerned, but concerned. He's not concerned at all about the defensive line. They're going to be off the charts great, as usual. But he seemed optimistic about the DBs, not so much about the linebackers. Yeah, and let me let me
2: go one more round on Naote Ote. You get a guy in from USC, I think a move like this bids, and that's fascinating to hear that a guy is paying his own way right now. And you would imagine this is going to be short-lived, that he wouldn't have gone through the trouble to make this move if this wasn't a situation that could be handled pretty swiftly. I, I consider that for the Buckeyes side to be low risk and all reward, right? if he turns out to be able to give you something extra if he can come in and do a certain job like like i mentioned you pull up his highlights because yes he played 7 games in 18 only 8 in 2019 only 2 in 2020 so staying on the field staying healthy is something that's big. Sometimes players get that fa- that that magical fairy dust at the end of their career, right? And then they have a string of of health and they can stay on the field. If they get that, this is a guy that will come in and hit someone and hit them hard, and he doesn't seem to really care about what happens to him. So that could be beneficial. The other thing you mentioned, linebackers. I like that last name that you mentioned, who's on the depth chart now, and maybe we're, we're going to start to see more of him. And that's Cody Simon. Have you did you see the pictures of Cody Simon when they did their? Most recent photo day. I think he had one up on Twitter. Dude looks like an MMA fighter. I mean, my God. Would not want I, to arm wrestle. Arm no. wrestling Cody Simon seems like a bad idea if you're in the locker room.
3: Yeah, wouldn't like want to you, you do would, it. yeah especially if it was us we wouldn't just lose our arms would get snapped in oh half. Yeah, yeah it'd be one of those uh, scary would,
2: youtube vids right it that, that was viral good. for the sick people to watch oh the it's bone
3: like, oh god like, do you want to uh, arm wrestle cody simon uh no i'm gonna pass i'm, an, I'm not gonna, no, gonna do I'll that just take the Dan, he was a guy that you know he looked pretty good as a true freshman last year it's a, one of the million things that was too bad about last year's season was um you know they couldn't get those young guys in they would have played a lot more in blowouts they would have pl- you know, played a lot more in just second half halves of games in general um, but they only you know only had five regular season games which is when I talk it's still one of the craziest things about last year one of the craziest stats is Ohio State had five regular season games and three postseason games but yeah guys like Cody Simon would have played even more and then going into spring is where I really took notice of what the coaches were saying about him and his teammates I was like this guy is coming on now Dallas can't miss spring Pele wasn't here yet um you know so he had more of a chance but sounds like you took advantage of that chance if Cody Simon's not a starter this year as a second year guy I guarantee you he's gonna he's gonna play a lot he's gonna yeah. be in that yeah I think they're going to use more of a rotation even more than they did last year they really used those top four guys um would occasionally rotate mitch you know you know mitchell in there and pope but not very much it was really just those top four guys so they're gonna play at least four i think they might i'm not not including the bullet here play at least four true linebackers maybe even five kind of rotate those guys in there again usually only two of them will be playing at a time and uh i certainly think he will be one of them cody simon
2: find the guys that are flying around the football find the find the two guys early on in the season that can get this job done because there's so many names here, a lot like the secondary. It's just that we seem to have a better grasp of who the guys are that are going to emerge in the back end, a little bit more so than this linebacking core. Pele, by the way, was a high five-star commitment back when he was recruited
3: to USC. Number one linebacker in the country, Number believe, one, yeah, top to 15 guy. to the 24-7 Sports Composite.
2: Yes, that's right, and we know what that one does. We know what the composite <laughs> list is all about. Also, Bishop Gorman guy, so you could pal around with Haskell Garrett they could That's talk right. about Tate Martell together. They can, really break yeah. down that situation. That's right. All right. I was out at the shot today for a Chris Holtman summer update press conference. The Holtman hit on a lot of things, but he hinted at something big coming in his final minutes before he left the podium. We'll have that for you next. It's the
0: Buckeyes show on the fan. One guy is fat. The other is fatter. And both are kind of stupid. Pretty much sums up the whole show. Uh-huh. Common Man and Tebow. Oh. Weekdays from 3 to 6. The Fan if the colors scarlet and gray made a sound that sound would be this this is the buckeye show
2: yes it is happy tuesday everybody steve hellwagon from buck nuts and 24 7 sports he's coming up in the next hour who have a little bit more light to shed on something that you're going to hear chris holtman discuss timmy hall and dave biddle with you guys by the way Start off with this little piece of news because the roster is so crowded. Buckeye basketball fans have been asking me all the time, who's not going to play? Which of these guys is going to the transfer portal? Well, I'm not, I'm not banking on someone going to the transfer portal just yet because it's an interesting season you have coming up, and a lot of these guys had the extra year of eligibility, which would mean even some of these upperclassmen might have another year beyond this coming season that they would want to exercise if they don't find a lot of minutes this season. Here he was talking about one of the freshmen that is joining the roster this year.
4: Fall will be really important. I will say one, make one announcement. Kalen Etzler's we're going to redshirt Kalen Etzler this year. So uh, the young man has uh, uh, had a great conversation. I think it's something he's looking forward to as is his family. And, you know, looking forward to his his development moving forward.
2: Yeah, I know that they really like him. And as you heard Chris Holtman say, nothing out of the ordinary right here. This was discussed I don't imagine this is anything that Kalen Etzler is going to be upset about or be moping around the facility about. He can just now work hard and be that dog in practice. I mean, you you should soak all of this up if you're Kalen Etzler. He's been looking good in the summer league. Look, his, his high school experience, he's played in, in a, in a smaller conference, right? He comes from a smaller town in Ohio. He's been kind of the unicorn out there, right? Like the dude, probably every game, every gym that he walked into, it was probably like, Oh man, like we got the Ohio State kid tonight. Let's see what Kalen Etzler is all about. He's good. Like I, I just think maybe a little bit more development, which is why you hear about the red shirt. And by the time this guy is a sophomore, junior at Ohio State, I expect him to be a pretty big contributor for the Scarlet and Gray.
3: Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I like how Coach Altman's just put it out there because I'm looking at this roster. I'm literally looking at it right now. They've updated the roster. I love. It's seeing too many them. guys. Yeah, I love seeing Malachi Brandon wearing that number 22. You know, That's great. It's great. Get Jackson, Michael Red. I mean, come on now. Um, it's fantastic. And this team. I mean, the depth of this team is just off the charts. Good, off the, and so they can withstand injuries. They can withstand fouls. Um, I love it. I think he did a great job of you know bringing in the necessary transfers despite losing Dwayne Washington. Um, I'm very high on this team. Are they going to be top five? We'll see. I'm pretty confident they'll be a top ten team, Timmy.
2: So this is the one that this is the one that I wanted everybody to hear. So this is about recruiting, and I mentioned there in the last segment what 2022 already looks like already the number one class in america and again can't really predict if it's going to remain that way but it will remain a great class whatever happens with the change in number it's nothing's going to take away the fact that it's already a great class and listen very carefully in holtman's response here we
4: have what i think is a potential class um and keep your twitter fingers handy in the next couple days that is one that you've you've kind of work towards um, building. And, and I just, I'm really excited about s- really the last couple years. We just haven't had brought in quite the numbers uh, because we, for, you know, we haven't needed to with all that we're losing. We need to bring in a, a, a really solid class that can impact things.
2: How about the Hulk man? <laughs> Ooh. That, there's the spicy nugget. I was telling you about keep your Twitter fingers handy. That's your, your head coach dropping uh, planting seeds about his 2022 recruiting class right here on a Tuesday. I love that. So you look at, say, the, uh, the list of scholarship offers that are out for basketball players right now. And a couple of the ones that come to mind that I will be curious to pick Steve Hellwagon's brain on would be Dylan Mitchell, who is a silky looking six foot seven, 180 pound small forward out of Bishop McClellan Catholic in Spring Hill, Florida. He is a four-star prospect. He is a very good-looking player. Ohio State's on his list. I think he had the official visit in the uh, silly month of June. And A.J. Casey from Whitney up in Chicago, up in Chi-Town, he's another big four-star prospect. And I'm talking about top 35 players in America, too. I'm just going big. I'm looking at the bigger prospects because of how that sounded. That's just how it sounded to me. If that warranted a keep-your-Twitter-fingers-handy
3: bids. Yeah, he wasn't talking about closing out his class with a uh, – assuming it's going to be five, the Holt five. The Holt um, five. Let's I go. I tell you what, oh, I mean, that, that's, that's that's his way of saying, like, there's going to be another boom, and they're going to have that's their fifth boom. guy. And yeah. that, that doesn't sound like he, – he wouldn't say that unless it was going to be – a two- know, or three-star guy, right? A semi-big-time yeah. guy, and if they can get – My goodness, Tim, one of the guys you mentioned, or maybe another high four-star guy, which it sounds like they will. I can't imagine he would have said that. If not, he must be feeling ultra confident to tell the media that. That is so funny. All of you must have been like, whoa. Everybody's (laughs) antenna went like, whoa. I, I said, well, um, my,
1: my Twitter
2: fingers are handy right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to actually tweet <laughs> care, this about to you go saying the tweet something. That's <laughs> right. Exactly it's like, what I
3: did. That's so, funny. so it sounds like this number one recruiting class is going to get even better. I love that. That was my one concern with Holton. I love him as a coach. I love him as a motivator, a developer. Um, how is he going to recruit? And he didn't need to recruit, you know, you have the number one class in the nation, just be like a top 15 type of recruiter, top 15 every year, be consistent. If you can mix in, then, you know, top, the top class in the country, or let's say, like you mentioned at the top, but you know, even if they do get caught by some of the true big boys Who in the world. Like I don't care about that. Whatever. Yeah. This, right. Exactly. If they finish fifth or first, I mean, I'd prefer first. This looks like it's going to be a top five class regardless, which is great for Holton. He's recruiting at a Ohio State football level here. Yeah, man. I mean, this is just great news for the Buckeyes. I love this roster this year, 2021, 22. I think they're going to do big things. And then him putting together one of the better recruiting classes we've seen at Ohio State. Dare I say since the Thad five? Hmm. We'll see. Man, no, maybe we'll, we'll see. That Aaron Kraft, uh, Jared Sullinger class, uh, Deshaun Thomas was pretty darn good too. Mata had a couple of, Fantastic classes, right? So obviously the Thad Five is the one that stands out, but the one with Kraft, Sullinger, Deshaun Thomas, and others, Linzel Smith. I mean, that was a fantastic well, class too. I, I think mean, Jordan, Jordan Seibert was in that class. He ended up at Dayton, but was a good player. There's somebody that that one had like six, like I maybe seven. I think six. I think that was the, the the Thad Six.
2: I can tell you one thing for certain: it's going to be a rebound from that last time we had a five dude class. Remember the last one for Thad that we thought it was going to be the second Thad Five. Williams. And no Shannon no, no. Scott. no no not oh, that okay. one because uh, oh, okay. Sh- Shannon turned out to be pretty good I liked him as a player he he was a baller it was the one that had Austin Grandstaff and Daniel Giddens and oh the one that all fell apart basically everybody left yeah <laughs> right. that one had five in it and they were oh god who was the uh, I'm blanking on his name now he actually recorded a triple double in a game against. it was against Rutger but it was a triple double in a Big Ten messed game messed
3: around and got a triple double who are we talking about messed here?
2: around and got a triple double and I, great Jaqu- Jaquan him. Lyle, it just came to me. Remember, That's I had right, Jaqu- Jaquan Lyle, had Jaquan yeah, Lyle, Jaquan who looked Lyle. like he was going to be a seriously yes. good player. Yeah. And AJ Harris, the kid from the Dayton area.
3: Yeah, Dayton who transferring out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah just, he ended up going to up going to like New Mexico State and doing pretty well, I believe.
2: Everybody left. Everyone left, and that was the end of Thad Mata. This will not be that. And you know the way that that was put up there, that was basically a guarantee. You know, you don't you don't as the head coach drop that in your news conference, if you don't already know that a guy's right. committing, right? Right. It's, Can you it's imagine when, Ryan
3: day doing that. Like, yeah, well, we have, we've got <laughs> well,
2: the Pantone football players. For you, right. Yeah. Yeah. We've <laughs> got the football players that are already committed. Like CJ Hicks. He will go out there and say, we got a boom coming, you know? And he's right. A hundred percent of the time.
3: Oh yeah. They know better they than they anybody. Know. The guys right.
2: give him the inside scoop. It's like, dude, I'm coming to Ohio state. Like I'm, I'm going to announce it on Wednesday. It was a Monday today. Uh, I'm, I'm coming, you know, if you want to throw out the little like eye emoji or whatever you got to do, like big things coming our way that basically that was an announcement. Someone is committing here in the next couple of days. Like, I don't an know if that's announcement gonna be Thursday that there's going to be an
3: announcement. Yeah, right. It's <laughs> this is our, annu- our announcement that there, there will be an announcement that our recruiting class is going to go from fantastic to even more fantastic. Hats off to Holtman. It, this is not a hard place to recruit for Ohio State basketball. It's not the easiest though, because you know, regardless, you're going to play second fiddle to the football program. But I love what Thad Mata said years ago when I asked him after the, when they went to the national championship game, I said, do you feel like, you know, you've made this more of a basketball school? He goes, well, and he always had a great perspective on stuff like this. He's like, Ohio State will always be a football school. We feel like we've made it also basketball school and then he was quick school. and then he was quick to talk about that he didn't mm-hmm. want to just take credit like him i mean they're coming off the their best season other than their national championship season in 60 he went back and talked about the, the tradition of ohio state basketball too it's very possible ohio state can be a football school which it absolutely is and be a basketball school and holtman i think they're in fantastic hands and i love that he's locked up for you know another what four years at least it might be start you know after this year timmy they might need to start talking about giving him an extension
2: let me tell you this, even if you don't want to admit it or say it because you think it's somehow taking away from Ohio State's status as a football school, you don't have the historical numbers that Ohio State basketball has and not be called quote-unquote a basketball school, right? Like, it just wouldn't happen. Most the fans on- would be
3: surprised the across the nation, The only
2: though. way that could happen is if you got football that's as popular as it is here. So what Thad, the way Thad puts it, it's the truth. It is also, it's a football school that is also a basketball school. I think the, the Buckeyes are like sixth all time in final four appearances.
3: That would shock fans. Big 10 I think. championships I th- and hoops yeah. as well. They're up th- there. It's them and Purdue, I think, that fight for the, the top spot. And uh, real quick, I, gotta get to break. I think that would, I think even diehard, and not people that follow Ohio State, diehard college basketball fans, I think those type of numbers would surprise them about Ohio State basketball.
2: It would surprise them. And then they'd hear them and they'd say, oh, shoot. They are they are well, more. Got to listen to the Buckeye program. Show more often, and I listen to me a lot more often. Yeah, that's right, man. Everybody should do that. Tell your friends. So we're going to go on the trail for a second straight night here, as uh, we did hear from Chris Holtman, and uh, I'm going to let you hear about another recruit that's going to be playing a lot of basketball this year on that front, and we'll hit some football things too. Why tomorrow is very very big. That's next. It's the Buckeye Show on the Fan.
0: Unlike your deadbeat uncle, we'll never leave you stranded in a ditch when you were six. This promo may have been a touch too specific. The fan. The best kind of power is star power. Let's go on the trail. Yeah, we're
2: going to do it for a second straight night. Why not? Because it's our show and we're going to do it. We're going to give the people some more recruiting tidbits. Keep you up to speed on things. Timmy Hall and Dave Biddle from Bucknuts in all week here on the program. Let me start here because Triple H and I we were uh, we we're looking up some of the quotes from Chris Holtman's whole uh, press conference today. I didn't. Um, I apologize. I don't have the audio of this particular thing to bring up, but bids. You know, a perfect way to just sort of build up the brand of the football program and the basketball program together. What about having a dual sport star, someone that, for the first time in a long time, I mean, that I can think of a top, top top-notch football player that could also finish the season, roll over to the gym, get acclimated, get up to speed enough, and actually maybe be inserted into a key key spot of a basketball game. I don't think we're there yet. I'm just hoping that one day we might see that because I think it would be neat I think it would be great cross-promotion for both brands as long as it actually made sense. If the guy earned his way over to the basketball team, because Chris Holman's not running a charity. I want to make that very clear. Just because you might want to play basketball doesn't mean that we're going to throw a uniform on you and throw you into a key spot of a Big Ten basketball game. you got to be worthy of that spot. We did see a guy like Julius Peppers at North Carolina play some pretty good basketball. Like That was a load. They used him. They put him in there. I'd be curious to see what his stats were. Tony
3: Gonzalez at Cal.
2: Tony Gonzalez at Cal is another good one. The one that I misspoke on about two or three weeks ago was Antonio Gates. And then I had to realize that Antonio Gates never played football. Just didn't play football. (laughs) Right.
3: (laughs) He was a good two-sport athlete, just good in basketball (laughs) in college, and then (laughs) fantastic tight end. I'm just going to take college off of football. Save save some... uh, you know, save some tread on the tires, but uh, well, and then Jimmy yeah, Graham. Man.
2: Jimmy Graham was a college basketball player first at Miami, and they persuaded him to come over and play football in his last year. And i I think he might have been done playing hoops for Miami, and then just logged one football season, then went on to the NFL draft, and that's what he chose. And
3: Ricky clearly, Dudley Antonio Gates, State.
2: yeah, Ricky Dudley, Ricky Dudley is played, a good example.
3: He played both sports from day one. I think he eventually gave up hoops. And then became a first round. Pick. He was a good basketball
2: player. Yeah, he, he put was. up numbers.
3: He was, you know, he wasn't like a, you know, I mean, he was like a solid Big Ten reserve. He wasn't a starter. I think he and they, averaged.
2: They, I think he averaged double figures. I'm they up, were so bad um, dur-
3: during that era because that was right after the Jimmy Jackson era. Um, they were so bad that, um, you know, he might have. They weren't he, a good did, team. I know. They were, they were terrible. In 1994-95, that was my freshman year at Ohio State. Yeah, listen, they listen six, to this. They were 6-22. and 22.
2: Yeah, but he did average 13.3 <laughs> point points per game. You did oh, have they, a football player roll over to the basketball team, and pretty much he had to be one of the leading scorers on that 94-95 team. They
3: had Doug it had Caden's uh uncle was the point guard you know they had uh I can't remember like Antonio Watson I remember these guys um yeah man it was it was bad Rick Ute I mean it was uh it's amazing how how bad Ohio State basketball was there for a few years but yeah Ricky Dudley I didn't realize he even averaged I I forgot that he averaged 13 points a game that's a real good one so we'll see about JT Tuimolo out you're right he wouldn't Chris Holtman wouldn't is not running a charity over there then again you do wonder how much of this was Ryan Day saying listen we're we're telling him we're we're gonna allow him to play defensive ending even though he's six five 280. <laughs> He's probably going to be more of a three, tack, three tech defensive tackle, you would have to think. But he wants to play defensive end. We're going to let him do it. He also wants to play basketball. Are you cool with that, Holt? Yeah. You here? know, no, so that's, I think it's good. That's I prob- think it's a good pitch. And, and, and by the way, worst case scenario, if you're Chris Holtman, can you imagine a better practice player? You know, not that those guys aren't tough. They've got some tough hombres on that team with Kyle Young and EJ Liddell and Zed Key. I mean, those are tough dudes. But you throw a football player in there after playing a full football season as a practice player, that'll help get your guys no, ready. Joey Brunks in there. I mean, you're going to, th- JT's shorter than them, but they're not going to be stronger than him. And, uh, so there's no, there's no downside here for, for the Holt man. He's not, he, he's not going to count as a scholarship guy. He'll be a scholarship guy for football. I'm curious to see how it turns out. My guess is, Timmy, if he does it, he'll do it for one year. JTT his future is not in basketball as a six foot five power forward Um, his future is absolutely in football though
2: it's just smart as far as men's basketball and football working together to sort of strengthen either team right and who the heck knows if there's an opportunity that would even arise. Usually you hear about big time football players wanting to, to then dabble in basketball. It's not as many where it's big time basketball players that want to dabble in football mentioned in Jimmy Graham. It's one of the last guys that could even come to mind. And then noting that Antonio Gates did not even play college football, but if it could happen, you'd like to keep those doors open and you're right. If you have a, if the walk on guy that gets some minutes at the end of a game, whether you're getting blown out or you're blowing out the other team, and it's time to put some guys in, take the warm-up suit off. And one of those guys is JT Tuimolau, and it's a home game, and it's after the Buckeye football team won a national championship that year. That can really get the Bucknuts roaring, right? The nut house is going to get charged up for that. And by the way, Holtman's comments today, and I want to, and then I want to kick it to Triple H because he had some things just more generally about the dual sports stars. He said about JTT, I think we're always, I think we're a ways away from him stepping onto a court. Ryan and I will have conversations. It'll, I'm sure, ultimately come down to what the young man and his family really want to do. We've seen him on film. We watched him a little bit. I met with him when he was here. We had breakfast. Beautiful kid, beautiful family. When I look at Holtman when he makes these comments, I really do feel like this is still a ways away. As much as I want it to be so, it's a ways away. But about the, generally speaking, there was another one that they had just met with here that he talked about today, Triple H.
5: Yeah, he said we just had another one over this past weekend while we were on the road of a potential dual-sport player, so we'll gladly, I think, the coordination between both staffs and recruiting, they've met with some of our guys. We don't have any dual-sport players over there, but they've met with our guys on occasion. There's great coordination between both staffs. So it sounds like when the... Football staff will sometimes go to Coach Holman and say, "Hey, can you meet with this player? He might have sure. interest in it." Sure, and they do that, and they do whatever whatever can help if it's really going to
2: help you and it's not going to be too taxing. Sure, and the one that we talked about yesterday was a five star defensive lineman in the twenty three class out of Alpharetta, Georgia, and that's levius Overton. But I could have sworn and I'm reading the report right now from Eleven Warriors that he visited Columbus on Sunday night. Holtman specifically said there in that quote that they were on the road, so I'm thinking that that's another guy, in addition to Overton, with another dual-sport offer out there. The other one that we didn't hit that's coming up this week, Bids, is Kenyatta Jackson. He's going to make an official visit, and the word from his dad was that it's 50-50 right now between the Buckeyes and Oklahoma. So if that's down to two, you talk about a big defensive lineman to continue to bolster the 2022 class. He is number 76 in the country, a top 100 guy, one of the top 10 edge rusher defensive ends in the class. That could be a big get here.
3: Huge get. And Oklahoma's lost a lot of recruiting battles head to head against Ohio State. If you go on their message boards, they're not too confident when they see it's head to head against Ohio State, and especially with Larry Johnson in the mix and Ryan Day. I mean, he's getting involved, obviously, heavily, which he always does. We'll see. We'll see what happens here. I thought Alabama and Clemson would be a bigger player here. The fact that it's down to the Buckeyes and the Sooners, good news for the Buckeyes.
2: All right. We will get you all of the headlines that you want in the sport that you love including how uh, Penn State took a big loss today. That's next. It's the College Football Pulse coming your way. Buckeye Show on the fan.
0: If you're looking for the radio home of the crew, you've come to the right place. Because if we weren't, this promo would be very stupid. Proud to be your crew station, the (laughs) fan. It's time for the College Football Pulse on the Buckeye Show. Sponsored by
1: Menards. Save big money at Menards.
2: Time to talk some college football. Timmy Hall and Dave Biddle hanging out with you guys tonight, Tuesday with some feel. Triple H, I love how you wore all of your Lions gear today because
5: of that Aaron Rodgers dig. I had Look to man. You. I can't just Why I can't just tuck that? my tail between my legs and just accept that. Like you consciously wore that in here today. Yeah, man. You admit yeah. that. We're going to war again. Like I thought, Uh, like for a few months. I'm not fighting this. Not me and you. Not me and you. Me and Aaron Rodgers are going to war (laughs) (laughs) again. Oh, okay. Okay. You don't understand. He just dominated us and dominated us. And for a small glimpse of time there, I really thought it's over. Hey, wait a minute.
2: Wouldn't you take him with open arms if he wanted to go into the division? Stop. Don't be a fool. Hey, uh, look, that's look, that's me. That's look that's at that's me. Look at me. What even happened, don't, though? Look at me. That's not even realistic. Why would you kid, even saying, say that? That's, I'm saying if it no. could happen. Brett Favre no. went within the division. This is unrealistic. The, the no. They don't, they don't choose
5: us. They don't choose us. They don't choose us. They choose it's the Vikings. They choose the Bears. because you're Bears. talking like this. No, they don't. I've thought. Well, it's
2: because people don't even remember that the Lions are in the AFC North. That's why I'm I, I'm I forgot about them.
3: They're still not in the AFC North.
2: Right. They're not in the AFC North at all. They never were. Oh man! Can Chris Spielman push some buttons? Help out the guys in the front office enough? Get
5: them Let's to an hope? NFC
3: Championship game. It's a
5: whole new front office. We don't have to talk about the lines, but it, it's there's reasons to be excited for me personally. There's and just a so much was change. A good
3: pick. Yep. Yeah, a, a good draft pick. You finally have your running back. I think in Swift, you got some Buckeyes up there with Okuda and Taylor Decker and Jonah, Jonah Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Let's go.
4: I've right like,
3: because Okuda of Spielman. I've always like. I mean, I'm a Bengals fan, obviously, and you know, obviously, <laughs> the Lions and the Bengals. Whether they play maybe once every four years, usually not a high stakes game. Going out of limb, there usually when the Bengals and Lions mean not a, not a lot on the line. So I've always, I'm not a big. They're my second favorite team guy, but because of Spielman and because of Barry Sanders back in the day, and I kind of, I like their kind of like their colors, especially the silver helmets. Hello, Thanks, always like those silver helmets, boys, especially here in town. So. Obviously, I'm not a, uh, you know, I don't like the colleges in the state of Michigan, but I've always kind of liked the Lions. And maybe maybe Triple H, your team's getting in the right direction. We'll see.
2: I'll never forget when I was in college and we took a trip up there and we were driving near Pontiac, Michigan, right? Because we had to go to the palace at Auburn Hills. I never would have imagined you would have a, a city build their NBA team an arena that far outside of Detroit what would you say Auburn Hills is a good like 45 minute drive from downtown Detroit but going past the Silverdome that was sad I just thought that was poetic to see the condition and the shape of the old stagnant football stadium and it just sort of spoke Lions football to me like just an old rundown dome stadium that has the roof sawed off and there's just we it looked like Jumanji that's what it looked like
3: very sad the Bengals had a Super Bowl there their first Super Bowl against the 49ers was held there it was like a m- massive like ice storm <laughs> like people were late getting to the game and everything the Pontiac Silverdome hosted a Super Bowl
5: Ford Field hosted, hosted
3: a
2: Super should Bowl should go back too. to the Silverdome no should play one there now Ford
5: Field come on man like it gets rowdy in there Low the styling. Jerome Bettis game <laughs> like they mentioned like throughout
3: the week did you know Jerome Bettis is from Detroit you're yeah, now that you've mentioned it, three million times we're, we're aware of it. But, you know, Steelers were able to get the job done and win for Jerome.
2: All right, Triple H, take us through this story involving a key player that Penn State is now definitely not going to have.
5: Yeah, it's four-star recruit for the 2021 class wide receiver Lonnie White Jr., who got drafted, if you guys remember, to the Pittsburgh Pirates in the second round of the MLB draft. He just signed for $1.5 million, and yeah. he is going to stay with the Pittsburgh Pirates. He will not play for the Nittany Lions this season. He said it was definitely very difficult, but I've had this dream. It's been in my heart since I was a kid. So Lonnie White Jr. living out his dream in, uh, with the Pirates. And that's good for the Buckeyes because... You know, Penn State has a stacked wide receiver core with Dotson and Washington. So I mean, this is that's this is good news for the Buc- for the Buckeyes, really.
3: Yeah, and you know, even taking that out, you know, I agree with you on that. Even taking that out of it, I think the young man made the right decision here. I mean, one point five million. Um, I know he's the son of a major leaguer, so I mean, he might not need the cash. But man, wh- what if you get hurt, you know, in football, and then you know you can't play baseball? Take that $1.5 million, young man, unless you're convinced you're going to be an NFL player. He probably feels like baseball's his best sport. And then on top of that, someone's, hey, how about we give you $1.5 million to sign? Uh, probably a, a somewhat easy decision for him.
2: I just think it's fascinating. You know, it's, it's got us thinking today. And yeah, that, that stinks. The thing with Penn State, too, is James is having problems keeping the best Pennsylvania players in state. And we're not just talking about a situation where maybe Ryan Day doesn't need all of the best players in Ohio in a given year. For one, he's still getting his fair share. You look at the top 10 players in the state he's of ohio the he's yep. probably getting five of those and he's getting the ones that he wants right
3: Including one through five yeah, usually. yeah
2: and usually one through five it's you know sometimes it might break that way but he's getting a percentage of them and he's likely getting the ones he wants james franklin had one in this cycle <sighs> top 10 players in the state of pennsylvania and now lonnie white jr is going to play professional baseball as you said when you get a $1.5 million signing bonus, and talk about a pot sweetener. Did you see that that was about a half million dollars above what the slot pay slot is? the slot
3: value was. Well, the, 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 oh. the, the, I was calling the Steelers. The Pirates had a great draft. I followed the MLB draft closely because they had the top pick. And, you know, they were able to move some things around and, you know, sign guys under slots. So they were able to get steals like Lonnie White, who was projected as a first round pick in the second round. Um, you know, Bubba Chandler projected as a first round pick in the fourth round because they were telling him, we'll pay you like you're a first round pick. Um, they had a really good draft. The Reds and the Indians had a good draft, too. But, you know, from all reports, I mean, the Pirates. Now, it helps when you have the, the top overall pick and all that, uh, all that uh, money to spend as far as four-year draft picks. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's... It's going to be interesting to follow, but uh, yeah, Pirates had a really good draft.
5: Real quickly on that Bubba Chandler guy, he was the Clemson quarterback recruit who was drafted so late in the MLB draft because they thought he was going to play for Clemson. He was going to go into the football program. He would have been a top 10 in the draft, so yeah, you're right. Pirates... Had <laughs> a good steal in the draft there. Yeah, and once he started slipping, you know, he was telling teams, "Do not draft
3: me because there's no way I'm going to sign for you know X amount of dollars, whatever you can pay me." Like I'm, you know, the Pirates had a had a deal with him. Well, they were going to pay him like a first round pick, but get him in the fourth round. So, hey, it's one of the weird things about the MLB draft. If you don't follow it, it's hard to explain. It's like all oh, it's like you know, you, you draft a guy here, maybe you wouldn't normally draft him, but you can sign him for less than a slot value, so you can get another player later in the draft. that's better, but then it's a gamble if that player is not going to be there. But Getting Bubba Chandler in the fourth round when he's a first round, you know, talent. That was a that was a steal for the Pirates. I'm sure the listeners are like. Are you guys seriously talking about the MLB draft on the Buckeyes show? We will stop now.
2: Bids is a little crazy about this stuff. Yeah, shut up, bids. Sports the, in general. The other thing though, which doesn't make it completely bad for Penn State, I saw this from from one of eleven warriors counter intel pieces uh, in, in the recruiting world. They got uh, Danny Dennis Sutton, who is a guy that a couple of the SEC's best programs in Georgia and Alabama really wanted. So they did here recently get a four star defensive lineman in their 22 class, six foot five, 250 pound kid. And he's from Owings Mills, Maryland. So that is one of those parts of the country you would like to think, as Penn State, you could still walk into those gyms and maybe hold back the Ohio States in some of those SEC programs. So they did it right and there. It's Maryland. a top 50 guy. in Maryland, yeah. yeah. And like we just I don't know if we just mentioned his name back there because I was reading it here. Cam Miller was another big get just here this week. Four star guy who uh, was also being recruited by Virginia Tech and Cam Miller comes from Trinity Catholic. That's the same place that guys like Marcus Crowley and Sean Wade went to.
3: Yeah, I mean you hit on it with James Franklin, I mean, he needs to recruit the state of Pennsylvania, not better, but exponentially better. You cannot be losing... Julian Fleming to your number one rival. They look at Ohio State as their number one rival. For years, it was the only Big Ten school they shared a state border with. It's one of the only two schools they play every year, including Michigan Well, back in the day, you know, it was one of the only two they were guaranteed to play every day, or excuse me, every year before they had divisions, was Ohio State and Michigan State. So they look at the Buckeyes as their biggest rival. So you lose Julian Fleming, the number one player in your state to the Buckeyes. The next year, you lose Kyle McCord. You lose Marvin Harrison Jr. These are things that cannot happen to Penn State, and it's just beautiful for Ohio State cuz not only are you getting top shelf players you're stealing them away from your number 2 rival obviously Ohio State does not reciprocate and look at Penn State as their number 1 rival we know who the Buckeyes rival is despite how bad they are right now but Penn State needed this cycle you know they needed something good to happen because last year they recruited okay, but not where they should be. I, think, I believe they finished 14th in the country in recruiting last year. So, Franklin's a good recruiter. He is as charismatic as they come. Um, some people might say he comes off a little fake. You know, I, I tend to think he's he's a good guy. And a you know, I, I'm not a big fan of his as a you know in game coach. But he's a good motivator. He's a good recruiter. I think last year was more of an aberration. But man, Ohio State going in there and stealing some of the best players from his state—that is a big problem for Penn State.
2: He's got a big year coming up. Triple H. What
5: else do we have, man? Did you, I got some gambling stats, or I got a crazy sports talk show host saying a Big Ten Pac-12 situation. What do you want to go? Do you want to go conference realignment? Or you talking about the
2: Dan Patrick stuff? Yeah,
5: I mean, yeah, we're just kind of yelling things out. We're we're kind of
2: like yelling ideas out. I I don't mean you. I just mean when you talk Everybody about is, yes. like oh this conference that we're we're just sort of spitballing and throwing ideas up against the wall. Didn't Dan try doing all this like news breaking stuff here recently? What was he going? He I feel like he was having some shows where about every day it was oh, during COVID. It was about Big Ten yeah, play. Yeah, 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 Dur- yeah. During that's COVID, right. he that's was right. Yeah, yeah. we had yacht a boy. Yeah, and he would say yacht something boy. every show, and <laughs> this was going to happen, that was going to happen, and then, whatever, man. Like he just had to sit back and wait for the decisions to actually be made, and it, I don't know, I don't know, so. Do you want to hear what he has to say? Yeah, Big Ten, Yeah, give it to me. He wants to... (laughs) 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 He he is suggesting that the Big Ten and
5: Pac-12 should create a merger conference and preserve the Rose Bowl, maybe make that like the conference championship site. But you don't bring on the whole Pac-12. You just bring on six of the schools. And he said USC, UCLA, Stanford, Cal, Oregon and Washington are the six That'd like, be football programs. <laughs> so that you're all fourteen
3: on. Big Ten schools stay, and then you add just six of the Pac-12. That'd be interesting. So sayonara, other six schools in the Pac-12. That's intriguing to me. And with all the nonsense that's going on with the SEC. I mean, if they had Texas and Oklahoma, guys. I mean, I don't need to tell you that is no joke. I mean, they're gonna. Those are two, you know, top ten programs as far as tradition, as far as current power. You know, revenue currently. Even though Texas is not a top ten program, like as far as on the field, a huge program. So the Big Ten will probably have to do something. That would be interesting. They already have the alliance with the Pac-12. Do, do they need to actually like actually join forces and you know actually come together and the, the winner of the maybe the, the what is the Big 10 would then play the winner of the Pac-12 well, for I the conference title? Yeah. I guess you wouldn't do it like that if you only had six of the Pac-12 though. That'd be really tough. I mean, I don't know how aligned the Pac-12 is to just say goodbye to six of your members and say, we're joining all four. No one in the Big Ten has to drop out, but half of our conference has to drop out. Yeah, that'd That's, be that the end of a, the Pack 12 It doesn't that sounds sound so a little, much like
2: a merger, right? That sounds,
3: that sounds a little far-fetched to me, but then again... Which conference brings in more money? The Big Ten. And if it's, gets you know, follow the money. Maybe these, you know, Pac-12 schools are going to be like, we have to do what's best for us. That would be interesting if that happened. I'll be surprised if it does.
2: Yeah, to me that doesn't sound so much like a merger. That sounds like the Big Ten is going out to poach six of your teams and then you die. <laughs> and then the Pac-12 <laughs> is dead and then the Big 12 is dead and then that's it. Like th- Then the ACC is out there as a third. What happens with them Boy, this is all just, it is a mess. I mean, everything changed. Texas and Oklahoma in the news today, yeah. It's going to go final sometime soon. It's, It's something that I don't think you can go back on. With Texas and Oklahoma leaving the Big 12, this is the domino that's just going to massively begin the change of what college football looks like. Winds are changing. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. They are. All right. So we're going to be talking some more Buckeyes and what's happening on the hardwood next. Maybe some ideas about what Chris Holtman was hinting at with keeping your Twitter fingers handy with what's coming on the recruiting trail. Steve Hellwagon from Buck Nuts and 247 Sports.com is next it's the Buckeye show on the fan
0: if it's Buckeye football you crave you come to the right place and if it's day drinking you crave you've also come to the right place the fan Ohio sports destination all Buckeyes all the time you're welcome this is the Buckeye show on the fan
2: yes it is Timmy Hall and Dave Biddle hanging out with you guys on a nice little Tuesday here. By the way, we are broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Fan Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. Our guy, I can Triple H, I can put him on. I got, I got my phone systems in the, in the room here. I just didn't want to double tap right there. Steve Hellwagon from Bucknuts and 24-7 Sports is on the program now. Steve, what's going on, my friend? How have things going with you?
1: Oh, doing good, doing good. Back from Chicago from, or rather, Chicago, Indianapolis from uh, last weekend. And I, I said Chicago because I actually hopped in the car yesterday, drove out to Chicago, went to Wrigley Field, took my uh, two oldest kids who'd never been to a game there, and uh, we had such a great time. I am back from Chicago. We just rolled into town here a little bit ago and headed over. To the Cavelli Center to watch uh, the Senior Tour basketball game over there. Here in a, in a little bit,
2: man. You're just figuring out how to get a good old-fashioned uh, sports week done. And nice, uh, nice win for your Cubs. I know
3: Dave Biddle is really, really no, happy no, about that. No, no, so, not his Cubs. Tim, no. Tim, Tim, Tim. Hey, Triple H, turn off Tim's mic. Come on, <laughs> the, Steve, the, is, uh, a you, Steve is a Reds fan.
1: Steve is a Reds fan. You know, we can we can put it at the feet of the bullpen, but. Uh, they were one for thirteen with runners in scoring position. I mean, you can't win, you know, that way. You can't win either way. So, but that game was what? Since the All Star break, I think they're three and seven now, and I think six That's of the loss probably pinned on the relief pitching. So yeah, it's it's been. It's been pitiful. Yeah,
2: you're getting – you're put in a tough spot here. So we're not going to do the interview about baseball, but Cincinnati being seven games back of <laughs> Milwaukee with the deadline coming up on Friday, and really the only chance you have to get in is to either win that division and the uh, the wild card spots look like you're going to be tough now because of just how, how yeah. close to 500 they're approaching right now. But, Steve, you heard the comment from Chris Holtman today about – what's to come with the recruiting we know the 2022 class with buckeye basketball is number one in the country and they just got their six foot 11 center prospect a top 50 guy and he said today about the potential that it has keep your twitter fingers handy in the next couple days so everybody's wanting some names and who does that mean dylan mitchell is a name that keeps coming up what do you know about him what do you know about what uh, or who the buckeyes might get next
1: yeah, Dylan Mitchell, very intriguing prospect. In the last four months, he has moved up the charts tremendously. I think what we have to remember is with travel basketball last year was a different year because of COVID. The coaches weren't allowed to go out and watch guys uh, play in person, and they were left having to watch them on the Internet. And I think that coaches were at a tremendous disadvantage in their mind in assessing how good – the 2022 kids who are going to be high school seniors this coming year, and then certainly the 2023 and 24 kids after that. So – The coaches were working at a major disadvantage this spring and summer, and now that they've had a chance to see these guys play in person, uh, Dylan Mitchell is a guy who jumped off the charts for Ohio State uh, back in April. He was playing in an event in Indianapolis against Imani Bates, who's supposed to be the number one player in the country from Ypsilanti, Michigan, and he locked him up. And they were watching him because Bruce Thornton, who is the point guard coming to Ohio State, is on the same travel team. Each one, teach one. Well, the travel is all done now. It's the end of July. That's that's all done. And obviously, the school year is getting ready to start, and uh, the, the things will move back to the to school basketball. But Dylan Mitchell uh, showed them great versatility as a defender, six seven kid on the wing, and he is a guy that uh, Ohio State is uh, definitely looking at right now. They've got two or three guys. They had AJ Casey from Illinois. He was in yeah. for a visit. Uh, back in june and uh, he likes ohio state there are several i mean you think about it uh prince of league bay a prospect from minnesota could make a visit in the coming weeks or month so again i'm not sure which direction or which guy they've got the center they don't really need another 610 611 guy in this class what they could use is a guy that could play the three or the four swing between those two positions. Basically an EJ Liddell clone is what they're probably looking at. uh, Somebody like that for that other spot.
3: This 2022 class, I mean, my goodness, it's ranked number one in the country. Um, You know, did you see this coming at all? Not necessarily that they'd have the number one class and who knows if they'll finish with the number one class, but that Chris Holman could be an elite recruiter, not a good recruiter, but could put an elite class together like this.
1: Well, Dave, that's a great question. I think a lot of us were stunned last fall when he got Roddy Gale from New York and Bruce Thornton from Georgia. Both of them were regarded around the top 50 to top 75 overall nationally. Uh, One, uh, a shooting guard, Roddy Gale, and then obviously a point guard, Bruce Thornton, to get those guys to commit so early. And they had, were in desperate need, obviously, of depth and, and bodies in the backcourt. Just the way, I mean, even if Dwayne Washington had stayed, he was going to be a senior. And the point guard position, they put a bandaid on that. It seems like every year for the last umpteen years, you know, you talk about C.J. Jackson and C.J. Walker. I mean, they they have really struggled uh, having uh, any kind of uh, uh, so, so, any kind of solid ground there at point guard. I mean Michi Johnson is, in my mind, kind of a combo guard. he can shoot, and he also has the handle to be able to to play the point. We're going to find out how good of a point guard he is this year and how many minutes he he gets in a, as opposed to Jamari Wheeler this year, the Penn State transfer, it's going to be interesting to see, but uh Bruce Thornton is a pure point guard, and that's you know the direction they're headed i mean they he and Michi could play together you know on the same backcourt going forward. So it's going to be interesting to see, but that's where it started. You had uh, Bowen Hardman from Cincinnati Princeton, a shooter, and I don't want to say he's the next Justin Arnes just as a, as a, as just strictly a shooter, but he's a guy that, that can fill it from the outside, and uh, he's in this class, and now you get the big man. That was the glaring uh, thing. I mean, they played all last season without a, a true uh, five man, and, and here they are putting undersized guys up against Kofi Coburn and, uh, Dickinson from Michigan, I mean, we saw it, game in and game out, the Purdue kid, you know, I mean, they they were giving up six inches of height in some of these matchups.
2: Sometimes to
3: two guys, too.
1: Yeah, and here's Liddell at 6'7", having to guard those guys, particularly when Young went down. Listed at 6'7". Yeah, listed at 6'7". The NBA uh, came back maybe Flinch. an inch or two smaller, but, uh, you know, I know Holtman said that, that Liddell will be playing strictly the four this year, and that's good, because young and key and brunk joey brunk is a guy that i like a lot coming from indiana two years ago he was really starting to come on as a center at in indiana and this staff had recruited him to butler as well previously so they know all about him and his back issue flamed up and he didn't play last year i think if he plays last year they could have pushed for NCAA and Archie Miller might, may even still have been the coach at Indiana, but uh, they were missing that component inside. He could play defense and he'll alleviate a lot of pressure. If they go against the Coburn or a Dickinson, whoever it may be, uh, you know, that guy will help you for 20 minutes a game, guarding those guys.
2: Steve Hellwagon with us here on the Bryan Heating and Cooling Products Fan Guest Hotline tonight. Let me uh, let me bring you in the football discussion here for one more. We talked a lot about the secondary and the linebacking cores at Ohio State earlier in the show, and we hit on a lot of these, pretty much every single player that would factor into the mix here. When you look at maybe not the guys projected to start in either of those two spots, what names really sort of is a guy like Steve Hellwagon highlighting right now? Guys that you like what they're going to bring to the table this season.
1: Yeah, I'm eager to see what some of those young defensive backs in particular, like Ryan Watts. Uh, Lejean Cavazos, uh, potentially Lathan Ransom, really came on at the end of last year. Those three guys, to me, all seem like they're going to be in the mix somehow. I know that Coach Day talked about Court Williams at great length when he was in Indianapolis and he missed last season due to injury. He said he's one of the hardest workers on the team, usually there a lot of days as early as 5.30. And uh, Coach said he's looking around as he's leaving just to take notice of who's still there. And Court Williams, a lot of times, is still there later on. So... That, to me, tells tells me he's a guy who's making up for lost time because he didn't get to play last year. So the, I think the secondary, those are three or four. I mean, we know about seven banks, and they proclaim that Cameron Brown is healthy, and we know Josh Proctor is legit at safety. So those three guys are starting It would seem, you know, all things being equal, but it takes a village. When the ball's in the air 40 times a game, you need a second wave of DBs because your first wave, uh, you know, they're going to break down eventually. So uh, that, to me, is important. Linebacker Craig Young, very intriguing uh, guy there, Uh, you know, outside linebacker, bullet, however you want to put it. To me, I think he's going to maybe have a chance to really shoot up the, the board a little bit here this year. Whether he starts or not remains to be seen. Um, You know, man, the leading tackler on this team, that's an intriguing topic. Is it going to be Proctor, who was up there last year? Is it going to be uh, Gant? Could it be, uh, you know, Kevon Pope? I mean, who's it going to be? It's going to be somebody, you know, who's coming out of nowhere possibly to lead this team in tackles.
2: No, that's a good one. That is a good topic there. Steve Hellwagon, always appreciated. Hey, man, the Cavelli Center waits for you. Have a good time tonight. You better get get moving
1: great environment on uh all these days are all running together sunday i guess and now we're back there tonight and uh, trying to get to the final eight so we'll see how they do
2: all right man carmen's crew he's talking about coming up with their uh, third round matchup appreciate it man there goes steve hellwagon on the bryant heating and cooling fan guest hotline our guy from 24 7 sports and Bucknuts. we are going to do something we haven't done in a while Triple H there has been working on A ton of questions a lot like that one That Steve just posed like who could lead this Team in tackles toss up questions We'll throw them quick as he'll Give us some hot routes Buckeye football hot Routes coming up it's the Buckeye show on the Fan if
0: the sound of another man Slammed against plexiglass turns you on You've come to the right place proud to Be your home for jackets hockey the Fan Ohio sports destination Where every segment Is another Buckeye surprise You've got the Buckeye Show.
2: Surprise! It's Tuesday. It's got Feel, Timmy Hall, and Dave Biddle are here with you. And we're taking you all the way to 8 o'clock, like we've been doing all throughout the summer. So Triple H is back there. He has compiled a big, giant list of Ohio State football questions. We call these Hot Routes. So the mic is yours once again, man. You get the college football pulse. You get hot routes. Yeah, all in the same hour.
5: Yeah, let's it's pretty go, special. Let's go quickly here because that's how we do it. Who will lead the Buckeyes in sacks this season?
2: Sack leader? Will it be a, a sack Sawyer? Maybe a sack Harrison? Well, I'm going to say Zach Harrison. It's it's time for this guy to go bids. I'm going to put my money on him. I, I could see a ten, maybe to twelve sack season out of him.
3: It They'll could be. Face. It could be Zach Harrison. It could be Zach Sawyer. It will be Tyreek Smith.
2: Whoa, oh, going off the board right there. No, that's not off the board. Tyreek Smith, very good. What number is that going to get to?
3: Mm, full season, they at least get to college football playoff, play fourteen games, or even the. Yeah. I'll go with. Uh, I'm not going to go too much. I'll go hit with his his actual number. I'll, I'll say we'll get to eleven, and Zach Harrison will get to ten. Jack Sawyer will get to eight.
5: Nice, nice. Only five times has an Ohio State quarterback thrown for 30 touchdowns in a season. Do you think C.J. Stroud will throw for 30 this year? Absolutely.
2: Yes. Without a doubt, without question, I would put I would put my house on it that he throws 30 touchdown passes. Absolutely.
3: For sure. Basically, the question comes down to, do you think C.J. Stroud is going to be the starting quarterback, and do you think he'll stay reasonably healthy? He doesn't even need to stay, like play 15 games healthy if yes cj stroud will throw for 30 touchdowns this year if you
2: made it 40 then i might now sweat we're having a, a conversation bit. Yeah, yeah yeah then i might sweat a little bit 35 would be a little I'd more probably, interesting but I'd still go 35 yes. i'd probably say no on 40 I'd but i say I'm, no on 40 i'm saying well. definitely yes on 30 i mean i feel yep. so confident about 30 i'm with you about 35 I'd, I'd take say 35. yeah. Yes. But if yes. you get you get thirty seven and a half, thirty eight and a half, I'd probably take the under
3: on that. They will prove I mean, look at the Big Ten championship game and you know other things like J.K. Dobbins rushing for two thousand yards at Ryan Day's first year. People look at Ryan Day and I, I've even been guilty of this and call him like a pass happy, you know, head coach. I don't know if you've used that term. But I think we need to remember he has proven he will use that running game as well.
2: And how many times has the Ohio State quarterback thrown for thirty touchdowns in a season lately? A I mean, lot. It's just been well, happening lately, and Fields it's a trend. And Haskins, Fields yeah. and Haskins, JT Barrett, I would assume was I'm up sure. above thirty. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, those are the guys. Between Demario McCall and Garrett Wilson, who do you think will? Who do you think is more likely to run a kickoff or punt return back for a touchdown this year?
2: I'd have to say Garrett Wilson, just because of the athlete that we know him to be. Demario McCall, I think it's it's just tough to predict what you're going to get out of him. I'd feel safer saying Garrett Wilson, even though I know he's the star wide receiver, but we've seen plenty of star wide receivers get reps as a punt returner. If you're a threatening player like that, you could understand giving him a few shots.
3: I agree with playball Timmy Hall here. I'm taking Garrett Wilson for two reasons. He's the more explosive of the two players and They haven't really taken, completely taken the kickoff out of college football, but they pretty much have. So I'll go with Garrett Wilson. I don't think either will happen, but hopefully Garrett Wilson can return a punt for a touchdown.
5: Five out of the last ten full seasons, Ohio State has dropped 70 points in a game at least once. Do you think they will make it six out of the last 11 full seasons this year?
2: Oh, they score 70 points in one of these football games? Yeah, they're going to drop a 70 bomb, yeah. Uh, Yes, I think they're going to get to that.
5: In Ann Arbor
3: is the question? No. Oh! Uh, yes. Go. No, 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 no. They've no, done
2: no. 62, no. so no,
3: they, they, they have. one and more they, score. They, they followed it up with 56.
2: Look, man, you got Tulsa and you got Akron. You got the Akron <laughs> just, Zips yeah. on September 25th. I'm going to say
3: yes. I'm on record. I think this offense is going to break like school records. Not like shatter them, but they're going to break some school records, not NCAA records offensively this year, so I'll say yes.
2: They might put up 70 on Michigan State or Purdue later in November. That would be... You know, no, they're not. They're going to put 50 up on one of those two guys, though.
5: Oh, yeah. Yep. Will the Buckeyes wear an alternate uniform prior to the Big Ten championship game this year? Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's a trend.
3: They always do. That's happening. They better not do it for the Michigan game. I hate that go ahead. No, I'm with get you. Get off my lawn, kids. No, no, no,
2: you're good. You're um, good with that. You can accept you can accept some change and you can accept some of the fun in having some other merch to sell and I think the student I think the the kids love it. I think the athletes really enjoy getting yeah. to swag it up and getting to wear the the All Black unis, right? Exactly. The, get some new Nike Pro combat that's gear. That's fine against
3: Penn State or Absolutely. I, I, but not again. I hate when they Take do it that on
2: the road to again. Nebraska
5: if you have to. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Sort
2: of make that the Nebraska thing.
5: Who will lead the team in rushing yards this season, Master Teague or Travion Henderson?
3: Or Mayan Williams. I'll go Travion Henderson. But I think Mayan Williams will be second and Teague will be third. Oh, okay. That's a take. I like that, Bids. How long you been th- How long you been
2: thinking about that?
3: I've, we've been talking about it. We do a podcast on Bucknuts that's five times a week, and I do th- I host three of them. So we've been talking about every topic you could imagine. We talk about trying to you you can relate to this, Timmy, it's like doing on this two show. hour show, trying to invent things to talk about when they're not, there's not actual Buckeye sports going on. Uh, we've debated this a lot. I think it's going to be close. I think Master Teague's going to get the first toe of the season. He's going to be heavily involved. Um, we're going to see running back by committee, but these things have a way of working themselves out. I think Travion Henderson will lead the team in rushing. Mayan Williams will be number two. Teague will be three. And wow. Marcus, Marcus Crowley will get a little run too.
2: I'm going to go Travion Henderson. I would I would think that Master Teague would still be the guy that's fighting with uh, the most to say there, and then Mayan Williams factoring in third. I like. I know why you're taking a, a shot with Mayan Williams. We all love the style in which he runs. And when he's gotten in to football games late, it was the Clemson game, right?
3: Yeah, where, he where he started just, to look really, really good. He Trucked Nolan yeah, Turner, who, who was did. the guy that had the interception to the end great the game drive. the previous year. The great How about drive that? of all guys. You know, he put Nolan Turner in there who had been suspended, so he gets in there and he gets just absolutely blown up by Mayan Williams. You know, only ten carries for Mayan Williams as a true freshman last year. All right, right? but I expect big things out of him. Last this year. hot route
5: here. Hot route. Hot route. Little over under receptions in twenty twenty one for Jeremy Ruckert. 34 and a half. You guys going over under for receptions for the tight end.
2: Bids, you know, we were we were talking about tight ends because you and I, we always like to talk about that sort of thing. Hey, now. You gave, you gave me a little number. You gave me a little number about this going all the way back to heart sock here. So I would take the under and you tell them why.
3: There has not been an Ohio State tight end reached 30 receptions in a season since Ben Hartsock in 2003. But Ryan Day was told that at Media Days by Ben Hartsock. He was there with Big Ten Network or maybe Sirius XM. Sirius XM was why he got to be there. Sirius XM. And they yeah. had, they met for the first time. They met for the first time, which is really cool. And, and uh, you know, and, and Hartsock told him, you know, like the record. Hartsock forgot himself. Hartsock told him he had 30 receptions in 2003 and that that was the last time a Buckeye tight end had reached 30 receptions. And Day joked at Media Days. He's like, that record's getting broken for sure. Now, the question is not will they reach 30 or even reach 33? Well, Jeremy Ruckert reached 35 receptions is the question here. Over under 34 and a half. I'm going to go over. Jeremy Ruckert's going to have around 40 receptions this year. People are going to be like, come on, you're crazy. There hasn't, you know, Buckeye tight ends. They're not involved in the passing game. Ruckert would have had a, even a, you know, you might wouldn't have got 30 receptions the last year if they played a full season because they had Luke Farrell, but he would have got maybe somewhat close. He still had five touchdowns last year even playing just in what six games cuz I think he had to miss a couple games. I'm going to go over 34 and a half receptions for Jeremy Ruckert.
2: He had 13 catches last year
3: in six games though. Yeah, in in six games. And they're going <laughs> to he's going to he's going to be more of a so even that even last year he had more than two receptions barely. Basically two receptions a game but had five touchdowns. They're going to throw the tight end more. They're pretty open about that. Um, and you know, one of the big reasons he came back is because Ryan Day told him, you know, we're going to try and use you more in the passing game. As long as, And record said he has to earn that, but he's he he'll earn that. He's the best tight end to come through here in a long time. He's going to have a big year.
2: I hope you're right, man, because he does feel like the guy that deserves it. He feels like the dude that can get out there and run like a wide receiver and catch the football. I mean, he's got the... Our, our dang show open now the the show open that you hear every night at six o'clock it's got the jeremy Rucker one-handed touchdown grab where you get to hear Paul keels calling that for a split second so Beautiful. I hope so I took the under though so i'm gonna I'm gonna stand pat all right the very best with the Buckeyes on the social front today hashtag Buckeyes coming at you next it's the Buckeye show on the fan
0: It opens your mind to stimulating conversation and live sports. And best of all, it still costs $0. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Social media can be a cesspool. Allow us to navigate the waters. Hashtag Buckeyes. Timmy Hall and Dave Biddle hanging out with you
2: guys tonight. By the way, we here at the Buckeyes Show are brought to you by our good friends at Moomoo Express Car Wash. That's the home of of the unlimited wash club. All right. I didn't want to have to talk about this here, but we look at the tweets. We look at the grams and the 2022 recruiting class took a hit today. I don't think this is going to be a major loss. It's Ohio state. Every time somebody decommits, you say, well, that's, that's okay. Everybody's going to make the decisions that are best for them. And when you recruit at this level, you're always going to be all right. I just hope in this case for Benji Gosnell's sake, that everything is going to be okay. And he just put out something 11 minutes ago, Biddle, the tight end in the 2022 class. This has been very hard. I'm thankful for the opportunity OSU has given me and the class they've shown throughout this tough decision. But after a thorough discussion with my family, I have decommitted from Ohio State and opened up my recruitment. And Benji is a six foot four, 225 pound kid. He is from Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. Maybe the Tar Heels come into play here with what Mack Brown is doing there.
3: Yeah, and it's really interesting looking at this recruiting class. The very next guy on the list for Ohio State as far as guys that are had been committed before Benji decommitted. Very next guy on the list as far as the rankings, Bennett Christian, another tight end. So, Benji Goss now ranked as the number 13 tight end in the country. Bennett Christian ranked as the number 14 tight end in the country. Six foot six, two 235 pounds. Kid out of Georgia. So... Bennett Christian sounds like he's solid. He's going to be the tight end in this class. Will they add another one? We shall see, but it's not like the Buckeyes will now be without a tight end in this class for now. Uh the only question is will they add a second? But um I don't know if this was Benji Gosnell thinking he wasn't going to get enough opportunities at Ohio State or enough, you know, opportunities in the passing game or maybe just another school like in North Carolina who is doing really good things with Mac Brown. Um and good on Mac Brown. Maybe he just wants to stay closer to home. We'll see. Uh good kid. We wish him well.
2: Yeah and uh he is at Gosnell Benjamin that's his Twitter handle where he posted that message. You you spoke of Bennett Christian right there at Bennett C87 just said always will be family. Whoever lands you is getting a stud of a player in person. Just hope wherever you end up you don't play the buckeyes. So those two are going to stay close. <laughs> I love that. Guys that uh, were in the same recruiting class even if they don't stay that way, they likely keep a connection there. Another one that I loved here liam mccullough the long snapper right he's been out of ohio state for a couple years he is with the vegas raiders he just posted with their camp starting up i saw john gruden Uh, i was pleased to see him say something this week about damon arnett had seen some noise about damon arnett maybe not being in the best spot after they just took him with a first round draft pick last year so that's nice to hear gruden actually come out there and, and speak to that that arnett is in a good spot to to keep things going and he had so many injuries last year. I don't know why anyone would think that a first-round pick was already on the outside looking in, but there was that. And Liam McCullough posted a camp shirt season six, which is where everyone would take the photos of him at Ohio State camp he started doing this from year to year, and he would make a T-shirt of the photo of him walking into camp wearing a T-shirt. And then it just kept being like the mirror, Inception, many, many levels. You stare into the shirt, and it just goes one after another after another. So he's continuing to do that in the NFL. Good for you, Liam. I love it.
3: <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he was always a character, um, and, uh, and good for him. I love seeing these long snappers. Uh, we've had a lot of long snappers at Ohio State make careers in the NFL, so good for Liam McCullough. Local kid, too.
2: Bids, I had a lot of fun with you tonight. We're going to get to have a, another good program tomorrow. I, I just want you to have a nice evening, okay? Crack open a beer, do whatever you got to do.
3: Just make it nice. Sounds good to me, Timmy. Hopefully the Reds actually uh, win a game. That'd be good. Yep. I hope you, I hope you have a yep. good evening, too, man. It's always fun working with you.
2: Got some baseball on the docket. And of course, you've got another round of action for Carmen's crew. Carmen's we talked to our crew. guy, Steve Hellwagon. That's coming up at the Cavelli Center at 9 p.m. So hopefully those guys. Keep it going, and they can go after that one million dollar prize. All right. Triple H, a little crew action coming up. Have a good night Inside tonight. Crew. Yeah, crew action coming up tonight. And after that, little thing called You'll See. Have a great night on the fan.
0: The best soccer team in the land lives on the best radio station in the land. Proud to be your flagship home for the Columbus crew all season long. The fan, Ohio Sports, destined.